And for the last time, we have heard the joined music of Ran Yu and Toshiyamatsu. This is the Ran Yu Retirement Show from Oz Academy. December 8th? No, December 9th, 2012. From Corken Hall, Oz Academy gets the honors, and Wave got the honors for Toshiyamatsu, whom ended up being a big part of uh, training and whatnot through Wave's uh, immediate future. So, as the story goes, a lot had to do, and the start was the earthquake in Japan. And due to guilt and being at the end of Toshiyamatsu's career, she decided that enough was enough. I've uh, done all, all they can. And due to, well, the poor state of the scene as a whole, there was no sense in sticking around anymore. So she announced her retirement. And after a year, she retired. And during that year, Ran Yuyu, her longtime tag team partner, JWP, Oz Academy, and the like, she decided, well, if my longtime partner is hanging it up, then in 2012 I'm going to hang it up with her, but I'm going to go on until the end of the year. So essentially they're retiring uh, around the same time, and this is a long, this is a long time tag team. Long time. 18 years in the business for the two of them. Countless, numerous amounts of tag title reigns. Oz Academy tag title twice. JWP tag title seven times. Uh, Daily Sports tag titles three times. Gaia tag champions twice. Wave tag champions <laughs> inaugurally. Not to mention Ran Yuyu's uh, singles title run. Uh, she got the open weight title, winning from Aja Kong. We saw that, uh, booking aside, match aside. She had a couple junior title runs, uh, a short little stint with the Ice Ribbon tag titles. We went through that. And notably, the JWP open weight title, in which she held four. 227 days and let's uh let's go over how many defenses she had because she won it in December 1999 she defended it successfully once against Masai Genki she defeated Azumi Hyuga for the title and lost it to Command Bolshoi so a tumultuous time during that uh, era of JWP but regardless a uh, quite successful career for Ran Yuyu, despite being perpetually a uh, tag wrestler, but she was the one that broke out into singles uh, much more often than Toshimatsu. So what does this mean for the scene as a whole? Well, for the scene as a whole in 2012, uh, and I said this before with Toshimatsu, this is going to kick off the retirement era, as far as uh, we'll dub it. They were the first. Yes, there was quite a few in like 08, 09, a bunch retired when companies go down, Neo, Gaia, AJW, you get the idea. But in terms of the people that stuck around, Toshimatsu and Ranyuyu were kind of a linchpin in the scene for kind of the workhorses of the era. Uh, I'll point to Tomoko Nakagawa as another one kind of in that realm. You have a bunch of people from the Arzian era uh, that carried over LLPW, 
I think you get the point. So at the end of 2012, we now have two major retirements, and it's going to be retirement season. You know, we got we got last year the scare of Yona Yama, and she's still kicking around today. It is something that is going to happen a lot going forward, and with that, we're also going to see the rising of new talent. And when we get to about the 2015 through 18 era, new talent will push this scene forward and give it, we'll call it, quote-unquote, a boom period uh, in the smallest sense of the word. So Ran Yu Yu, this entire show was built about her. And last we left off with Oz Academy, it was back in October when we covered the Get Over show, in which we saw Aja Kong have one final match against Ran Yu Yu, which was much better than their title match. And then the main event, Ayumi Kurihara, overcoming the odds of Mayumi Ozaki. But did she get over? That was a a very interesting show I liked uh, covering. And now we kick it all the way forward to Starlight Fever. The Ran Yu Yu Retirement Show, Cork and Hall, 1,407 people to see the retirement of uh, this very longtime veteran, uh, linchpin in the scene, as uh, as I will do. And according to Oz Academy and what's uh, what's uh, tracked on WrestlingData.com, and for from what I can tell, uh, from what's announced from Oz Academy, what they've done, this is uh, their 12th highest show they've ever done at 1,407. Now, as we know, how many of these numbers are actually accurate with uh, Oz Academy, take that for what it's worth. We go over that a lot on RLR proper. But on this, uh, on, on, in this case, I think they were being pretty truthful. It was a very full, uh, full house in Corican Hall, all here to see uh, the final retirement of this uh, very much long-term tag wrestler. Joshi 2010s, baby. Let's go. Let's get on this. The last time they are at Corican Hall was the Plum Memorial Show in August, which is arguably their first or second largest show of the year. And then their December Corican is their first or second largest. They're interchangeable, as far as I'm concerned. They got 876 for the Plum Memorial Show headlined by Chikayo Nagashima, uh, defending the title against Hiroyo Matsumoto. We discussed that match. Uh, and in the semi-main event was an excellent bout of Akino and Ayumi Kurihara defeating Aja Kong and Kato to win the tag titles after a 30-minute draw had occurred. Uh, very much enjoyed that match. It made it, It's definitely making the top 10 of uh, women's matches for 2012 here. It's even on this DVD that you can get uh, from Oz Academy and the like of this uh, retirement show. So a very successful show that they put on. And I thought good bell-to-bell wrestling. Uh, very Varying degrees of angles and uh, outputs. But we begin the show with Aja Kong defeating Hikaru Shida in four minutes. And boy, oh boy, uh, Wakana versus Aja, this was not. And what's interesting to me is uh, Aja Kong, uh, in her age, is willing to give a little bit more in her matches. But whether it's her own decision or the booker's decision to keep her as strong in this modern era that we're currently in, 
in this era, Aja Kong ain't taking shit from no former Ice Ribbon champion here. Hikaru Shida gets like a couple kicks and moves in, and then Aja suplexes her into the dirt and pins her quickly. Uh, <laughs> there was no, there was no Shida might win this thing. And in the post-match, Kong's cutting a promo, makes it seem like she wants to tag with her or something, and Shida's aghast by this, uh, by this degree of, <laughs> of taking her lightly, and she's kind of embarrassed at her loss. It, um, it's going to kick off a very long-term storyline with her and Aja Kong. Uh, so pay attention throughout the next number of years between Shida and Aja Kong. I'd like to think this is kind of the start to all that. Now, disaster strikes in this next match. It was supposed to be Minami Toyota and Mako Satomura against two young guns. One Oz Academy youngin, one Diana youngin. That's now Kamatsu and Sari. Okay, yes, that's Sari. She's like 14 here. <laughs> uh, and now Kamatsu, she's the uh, 411 um, Mayumi Ozaki trainee. Uh, very much kicking in and about. Oz Academy, and um, this match ends her career, unfortunately. So two retirements, uh, unfortunately, is what happens here. So the match is going by as normal. Uh, Satamora's got her little trainee and sorry little thing, her and Kyoko. Uh, elbows, Toyota comes in, she's drop kicking. It's very normalcy, right? Very by-the-numbers kind of veteran versus young and match. Then Sari and Kamatsu are kind of thrown to the outside by Mako. They're standing up, and Toyota is going to do a tope suicida, a suicide dive. She's going over the middle rope, under the top rope. And Manami Toyota is much bigger than Sari and now Kamatsu. She lands... Very normal. Nothing wrong with it. She does not almost die. But she lands and breaks, 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 breaks Kamatsu's shin. Her left shin just snaps in two. And there's a pause. Toyota kind of looks up. She sees the leg is busted. And it's just dangling there. And Toyota lifts it up and looks at it and goes, uh-oh. And Kamatsu sees it, and her reaction is that wild pause and then screaming. It, she is in a lot of pain. So Mako comes over, some trainees come over, they're treating her, and boy, Toyota, Mako, and Sari finish this match. The camera's off her, and while they're trying to get like a couple more spots in to just finish this thing, you hear Kamatsu crying from ringside. So, <clears throat> Toyota hits a move. Uh, well, Sa Satomura hits a uh, like a Uranagi deal. Toyota hits a moonsault. Pinsari. And now Kamatsu gets stretchered to the back. So, yes, the career of no now Kamatsu comes to an end. And usually when you see people have these early retirements on like cage match and wrestling data and these variety, variety of different sites, you may think, ah, things didn't work out. 
you know, maybe the pay wasn't good or anything. But remember, injuries can happen at any time. And especially when you're still at a certain degree of your career and something as fucking gnarly as this, it, it was it was bad to watch. Uh, there's no reason to come back sometimes. And now Komatsu, uh, that's it. The first retirement on this show. Uh, my oh my, how we learn. Too bad. Too bad. <clears throat> so, the next match is Leon and Ray taking on a masked Akino in her Nokia uh, gimmick and Ayumi Kurihara in her masked gimmick known as Ayumi, all caps. And this was a solid little one out of three little tag match. Quite enjoyed it. Went 11 minutes. Uh, Nokia gets uh, gets the pin on Ray, and Ray is still kind of in this. She's a freelancer. She doesn't have a home. She has no protection to her. Uh, was there a lot of good high flying and transitions in the match? I think so. Uh, if you want to go three and a half, maybe even a little higher, I wouldn't fault you for it. I'm I'm still kind of at the three three and a quarter, just kind of standard range. Uh, and also, there's no like consequences or anything to it. It's just a very solid match. Then we got this very long 20 plus minutes elimination eight man tag team match. Uh, very along these lines of a cybernetico, except with the exception of the first, um, like the last two people in, even if they're on the same team, would face each other. Uh, this was just elimination. Last team standing, right? The teams are. Carlos Amano, Chikayo Nagashima, Sanako Kato, and Tsubasa Kurgaki against Mio Shirai, Hiroya Matsumoto, Yumi Oka, and Tomoko Nakagawa. And this match rocked. This is a two out of three match. Not a whole hell of a lot of comedy. They picked their spots well, and there was frequent enough, like, and, and space enough uh, time in between the pinfalls, which really kept this exciting. And 22 seconds in, Yumioka gets pinned immediately. And her team is already on, on the backside. Uh, Tomoko Nakagawa was a... Or, um, I'm sorry. Uh, it would have been... No, Nakagawa was an absolute uh, machine in this match. Uh, she's the one that eliminates uh, both Amano and Nagashima three minutes within each other. So that was really cool. Uh, very much a roll-up finish kind of match. Uh, that's what what's that's what happened there. But um, I believe it was it was uh, Nagashima that pinned um, Yumioka out of the gate. It could have also been uh, Amano. I can't quite remember. But really, it was it was everyone gets their spots in. It's very exciting. Uh, these are the kind of matches that Oz Academy tends to put on that a lot of people vibe with. A lot of people get into. Uh, myself included. Uh, sometimes it does delve into the comedy way too much in the early stages, wanting to give people a chuckle. That more take I'm noticing a lot more of that takes place these days, where they're taking the piss out of certain situations or in wave in general. But in this one, it was very much uh, veterans doing their thing. Uh, Mio Shirai is eliminated at the uh, eight minute mark. And Kuragaki is eliminated at the 10-minute mark. Nakagawa is eliminated at the 14-minute mark. And uh, it, that leaves Hiroya Matsumoto and Sanako Kato going at it to the finish. And they had a good, like, seven-minute ending match there. 
Um, it was a, it was a, it was really about the story of Horio Matsumoto uh, kind of coming back uh, behind the eight ball because once let's see once uh, let's see Kurgaki no it was I mean it was two on one but um, for some reason I was thinking that Hiroyo had to deal with a three on one situation there but uh, I am mistaken my notes don't say that. And Horia Matsumoto was a big hero in this match. Um, she had a lot to come back from, from her October showing, where she almost died uh, <laughs> in the match. Um, or was that another one I'm thinking of? That might have been the Nanai match, where she goes splat on the ground. Uh, regardless, Horia Matsumoto is on the precipice of something, right? And this match reminded me a lot of the survival... Oz Academy match in which Mio Momono won the number one contendership that led to her eventual title win. Um, really building her up. But in the background, it's all about Ryo Mizunami uh, coming coming from behind on a three-on-one, just losing in the end, and then coming back on the next show and pinning two people at once. Ryo Mizunami's the real threat here. In this match... I didn't get that same feeling with Sonico Kato on the losing end. Horio Matsumoto felt like the up-and-comer that had to overcome some sort of odds and prove people wrong. And there's a reason why she's getting more and more over as the last couple of years have gone on. Uh, people believe in Horio Matsumoto, and she's very much improving uh, along with it. It's quite impressive, and so was this match. Uh, two out of three, three and three-quarters range, three and a half. Uh, the finish was great where Horoyo Matsumoto and Kato uh, both hit big, big moves on each other, as in Kato hits a big kick, and then Matsumoto does the fire-up spot, hits her with the Judas effect, the spinning elbow, and they both go down, and Matsumoto beats the, the 10 count and stands, and they do a big, like, boxing thing where she's on her feet, and Kato stumbles and falls, and it's definitive last-person-standing deal. I really like the finish. You know what? Fuck it. Full three. That's a lot of fives going around. A lot of five points going around in this match. This was great. Uh, fantastic, fantastic match. I, I'm, I'm really feeling in a good mood after this one. <laughs> oh, man. Where does that... Uh, Let's see. Where does that leave our rankings? Let's see here. 2012 Wrestler of the Year. Is anyone within five points of... Let's see. Haka Nakamori, Nanai, Ran Yuyu. She's in the next match, obviously. Um, man, Yumioka's getting five points for 22 seconds. Eh, I mean, she is part of it. She is part of it. Uh, no, that's not really going to change much here. So, anyways, <laughs> now we got the Ran Yuyu retirement match. It's Mayumi Ozaki and Ran Yuyu going at it one last time, and it's every Mayumi Ozaki big match you can think of, whether it's a title on the line or this one. It is an ungodly, un just copious amounts of interference from Ozaki Goon. You got police. You got Saki Asagawa. You got Yumioka. You got everybody just chiming in, breaking up pins, uh, you know, 10 on one circumstance of, of some shit in the ring. And the ref's just like, ah, oh, man, come on, guys, get out of the ring. It's it's every Ozaki match you ever. Right. However, 
on this day with a retirement basically being the stake. We know this is Ranyu's last match, and you just want to see her win one last time on the way out. So then all the baby faces get involved. Sanako Kato, Akino, Aja Kong hits the ring, and she really evens up the odds against Ozaki and Ozaki Goon. A good moment where she just kind of <laughs> stands up behind her like Godzilla, and Ozaki realizes there's Kong. And this is a very Oz Academy trope where Aja Kong comes in, and she's the one that saves the day for the baby faces, no matter who's in the ring, right? On this day, it just happened to be Ran Yuyu. And it's done, I, I think I think it was done, look, Mayumi Ozaki has made herself a good living with this style, this match structure, this interference, this heat. This is how she's made a living, and she's made a living for quite a few people <laughs> along with her. And this crowd was very much into it, and I was into it. I this does hit every now and again, and look on just listen to past RLR episodes. There was the Ozaki Shida match, which I really loved. There was the um, what was the second one? Oh, uh, well, certainly Ozaki Kaoru, which was a match of the year from uh, 2010. Fucking speaking of Kaoru, she came in to this match. And I was shocked. I thought she was never to be seen again with what happened during uh, the triple, the, the three-way and her busted ankle. Uh, but she's back, but she's not wrestling. So maybe we're looking at a similar situation there. Uh, well, as the match goes on, there's kind of more surprises of people coming in for and against Ranyu. Kind of her career uh, in many forms coming into this match which is very enjoyable you get to see her you get to see different stages and the best near fall and i really wish the match uh would have ended on this with a ranyu you win so spoiler ozaki wins where ozaki and police and company get the best the numbers go over and ozaki has ranyu you dead to rights pinned and up from the corner is toshi amatsu drop kicking breaking up the pin they do their tag team move one last time, up on the shoulders, knees to feet, splash, and I wish Ran Yuyu would have hit the, uh, the the Steiner driver one last time and pinned her, but alas, that was not meant to be. Police gets in the ring, breaks it up, and the reason why this match isn't going to be like a top three or four match of the year is because there was just... So, the problem with these matches, even if they get over, is why only why is it sometimes these people decide to just not break up a pin? Why do they even bother getting out of the ring? It's a major flaw in this match structure. Uh, where it's it, where I'm willing to give it uh, the chance is they were going for flash pins, like knockout pins kind of situation where as soon as they go down it's a move out of nowhere <coughs> it's not it's not something set up or teased where the people waiting on the outside simply can't get in the ring fast enough to break it up and in this case uh ran yuyu and ozaki for the finishing stretch are running at each other ozaki's trying her big flash magic it's the uh the running 
um, dropkick knee deal. Uh, it's not quite a shining wizard. That's why I call it the flash magic because you're you can run up the person. And then Ren Yu is going for her spinning uh, forearm, the one that she won the title. It's one of her kind of go-to moves. She's not. She's trying to do the Steiner driver, and she did. She does hit it, but uh, it gets broken up because there's just too much time. And so they go through three, se- three, four sequences where they're attempting their kind of knockout quick blow. And Ozaki simply gets the better of Ranyuyu at the end, where it's the spinning back, it's the spinning uh, axe handle. And Ozaki nails it and falls on her for three. And that's a 19-minute match. Uh, I went full three on it. So that's two full threes, a borderline two out of three uh, tag. Uh, and then the the undercard with the um, horrible injury and the Kong just squash match against Takaroshida. Ozaki ran Yuyu. Top 10 Joshi match of the year, I would say. It, ha- it had a lot of emotion. Uh, it felt like a big match. It felt like there were real stakes involved, and the stakes were this is Ran Yuyu's last match. It was good. It was good. It was great, even. And then we get some mic work. Dynamite Kansai in casual wear. Uh, very much limping. Not looking great. She's got like cornrows on and everything. Hardly recognize her. And uh, she gets in the ring. They start talking. And they're doing an impromptu tag of Ran Yuyu and Carlos Amano against Dynamite Kansai and Mayumi Ozaki. JWP ending tag match, if you will. Uh, Kansai beats the shit out of a tired Ran Yuyu. Not really getting along with Ozaki. I kind of like the uh, d- the um, dynamic there that they were uh, doing with each other. And Amano was just kind of along for the ride, breaking up some pins. It was all about Ran Yuyu and Kansai kind of having one last go. And Ozaki and Amano there for support. It went on for nine minutes. Uh, not much to talk about, but Ran Yuyu uh, <laughs> does get her win back over Ozaki uh, due to a two, uh, well, actually three-on-one situation where Kansai turns on her, sort of in the match, so Ozaki gets pinned via three people uh, against her, so of course it is, and Ozaki with a big smile on her face gets on the mic, and she's like, ah, you got me, and leaves the ring, so very much an Ozaki-ism, if you will, Uh, she never loses in the most graceful of manner, it's always uh, a very despicable, uh, did you really get over her situation, but that's why we all love her, and look, she's got Exio Golf Club's She's raking in some dough. I'm not Gaura TV money. And we get our 10 bell salute for Ran Yu And it's off to the showers she goes for one last time. A very good Oz Academy show outside of the horrible injury to Nao Komatsu that ends her career. Um, is it a show of the year contender? Well, let's take a look. Uh, what do we got to compete with at this point? We got uh, Happy New Year, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Bull Nakano uh, retirement show, official retirement show. We have uh, the Catch the Wave 2012 final, that's more of a uh, one match, so I think we'll put this one over that. Uh, Stardom Stardom 2012, that was the Hiroyo Matsumoto highlight against Nanai, with a damn good undercard. JWP per, uh, Pure Slam 2012, that was the Kagetsu title match, that was a good show. 
Uh, there was the JWP Contenders show, Pure War Series. Um, yeah, I think I think this Oz Academy show is the show of the year. Believe it or not, um, I'm not just a straight Oz Academy hater. I just I just hate how they've been doing the same thing for so long. And at this point on this day, it hit at the right time. So a three out of three show. I think it's the best uh, women's show from 2012 so far. We still got uh, the Sendai Smash WNC compilation show. We have Stardom Year and Climax, JWP Climax, and Ribbon Mania is going to be our kind of usual finishing out the year. Uh, Cannot find the LOPW 2012 show. It's a nostalgia show from uh, uh, Tokyo. It's just unavailable. I cannot find it, so I'll put I'll put some more feeders out to see if anyone knows what it is. But it, to me, it, it, I, from what I can see, it's just not available. No one have it, and uh, that's an important show because of debuts of Mizuki and All Cap Saki. Uh, that's what we want to see. Or was that 2011? Whichever. The point is, we want to see this 2012 show, and we can't. So Ran Yu, big time tag champion. I'm gonna miss her a lot. I was a I'm a big fan of her aesthetic, her style. Uh, the Steiner driver is a much more definitive finisher than a spinning forearm. I think that's my one big critique about her is the forearm is supposed to be this kill shot move, but she must hit it like eight times. It's like Naito's Destino, except uh, no one can <laughs> no one has a fancy catch catch word and, and cadence to calling it out. Okay. Joshi 2010s continues on in a couple weeks. Almost at the end of 2012, guys. Remember, subscribe to that Patreon. Help support this podcast. See you later.